It goes in, but it's and it holds. Max, it. that's yeah, Max. Max. That's, that's, seems to be a so, fucking common thing. But he, uh, dude, like, no, he started underdog underdog records. Is there a bigger the artist in Nashville than him? No, not not anybody who has clout. hundred percent. Proto hype. I mean, you Proto hype's huge. Yeah, he was huge back in like 2014. But he, no, is he doing a lot with his platform? No. He took a hiatus. I heard. Yeah, but he's Head starting to come back. He's starting to come back. I heard he's sober now. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Move your chair kind of this way. Just get more directly in. This way. Yeah. He dropped mm-hmm. a single not long ago with Meredith Bull. Mm-hmm. Dude, whatever track he did last year with, I think it was his girlfriend. It's beautiful. It's he like lives really in good. His neighborhood. I oh, see him at he? the basketball court. He's a good guy. Yeah. He was at he was at the Road to Dance Festopia, and we that was the first time we've seen each other since we did this event for him. And he was like, you know, it was really cool. To, it's maybe, really cool to be recognized by people like that. A little bit this way. You Huge went pioneer in like national. No, for sure. Yeah. Um, when when the scene was nothing too. Yeah. Like when the scene was nothing. No, hundred percent. He's bass track. Uh, yeah. Bass nectar. No, yeah, dude, he's done so much, bro. He's he's he deserves his clout. But it, it's really kind of a privilege to have someone like that even recognize me, and like we have a cool connection. He's very nice and humble. Very humble. And I really like like the whole the underdog records thing. The whole idea of that's I mean, it's him, same, right? Yeah, that's him. Yeah, that's the same basic idea that Stavi started, and I furthered. Like I, we want it. There's this oversaturation of talent that doesn't have an outlet. So let's give them a fucking chance. You know? How did he get that? platform i don't know i mean he was just like i said like i mean you gotta imagine the nashville scene has come up so much but if we're talking 2013 2014 it was quite barren very inconsistent and you just got somebody who's producing good bangers and that gets you clout you know know what i've seen and noticed nashville of course music city right we have everything from country to kings of leon and we had a really good metal scene no for sure mid 2000s if you remember i was very deep in that and i'm seeing these same people Mm -hmm. Um, sitting right up front on the rail, headbanging for three hours straight that were at these metal shows, and now this transition has come to EDM. Yeah. See, man, I have... Such, say what I, you want, but I, I know read, it. I've I seen have, it. I have let's an do, issue. I let's do issue. a good job of letting finished thoughts. That's some, we, let's, let's let them And that's it. I mean, it's an open discussion, but uh, you're seeing that same, especially with rhythm, like we were talking about earlier. Oh, for sure. There's a very much so, there's a correlation. And it's like, okay... My neck, I already have neck problems. I'm not in with that, but people love that. People 100%. love to be on the rail for several hours straight. People sure. are really about the rhythm community, fucking, especially in Cincinnati. That's one of the biggest problems that I have with the fucking community in I've Cincinnati. It's just like, it, it's fucking all rhythm and house. Yeah, let me slide. Don't that. make fun of some house. By the way, no, by the way, just just we we are rolling. I just want to get this fucking out of here before we hit the three minutes marks. We are back with fucking episode twenty five, big two five. You guys hey, good are, shit. You've been killing it. Twenty five uh, episodes deep. Hello. We are here. It looks a little bit different. I am not here with my co-host Alex Harmeyer, and that's because he is gone. And that's about all I'm going to say on that yeah. matter. So yeah. we're about to get back into the fucking thing and fucking. What's y'all got? Well, first of all, you guys know Jack. You've seen Jack. He was on one earlier episode. I think it was like episode sixteen or anything. We've 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 been through that. He's not all that great. So Piece let's introduce um, oh, our, our new co-host today, uh, Dalton Floyd. Hello, guys. I'm uh, a little bit of happy to be here. Yeah, happy to be here. Uh, we're here in Nashville, Tennessee, and glad to see everyone. Got Keith coming in. Jack, longtime family friend, passing around the. Uh, the, the rooms. Uh, happy to be here. You know, I've always wondered why they say your house, our rules. Um, here we are in my house, and it's Keith rules. And came in hot. I got to deal with it, I guess, well, just for tonight. Dictating it, out here. <laughs> it is my rules, and that's the whole idea of the brand that we're building. It's your house, our rules. You're letting us into your house, and we're, we're setting. Up, we're setting down the rules for you. you we're, we're giving the topics that we want to fucking talk about, and 
that honestly I think that y'all want to hear. Mm-hmm. I think that we've been making strides, very big strides, in making more quality content and talking about more relevant mm-hmm. shit. I and agree. I think we've been doing a real good job, but yeah, that's where the Your House, Our Rules comes from. I well, do. I, I will say. I'm, I will say this too. If I'm going to put you on my podcast, you won't play by my goddamn rules. Uh, that's how it is. <laughs> that's, how it that's how it you goes. You got to set a tone. I will say. Hey, we're, hey, we're representing Cincinnati and Cheatham County hard out here. So respect to both communities. Hey, fucking doing things. Cheers, cheers, boys. Also, uh, Alex Harmeyer is not dead, but R.I.P. Anyway, the to the podcast. My bad. R.I.P. To Alex on the podcast. But if you're listening, we need to talk about trademarking DJ Penthouse Sex as a name. We need to go that route. Let's make it happen. Well, we need to make that happen. What type of vibe are you going to throw out with DJ Penthouse Sex? Man? I think I'm going to go real sexual with it. Just like expand on the real douchey fuckboy shit and just go real sexual. My goal is to play that track that gets you know someone so fired up that they just toss the panties up on stage. You know, That's the goal. Ooh, the that's panties the goal. on stage. I'm going to sniff like them right that. there, too. Okay, well, starting off hot with the panties on stage. Guys, it's Saturday. Um... Yeah, we've been we've been drinking for a little bit, y'all. So um, I don't know what's going to happen with this podcast, but me and Dalton have been shooting the shit since like five o'clock today, and it's like what, like almost eleven o'clock. Jack always going to be Jack, late, but Jack hey, fucking doing normal fucking Jack shit and fucking showing up late as shit. So here You're we busy are. Man. We're going to fucking figure out what's going on. Um, you guys got a couple topics that you want to get into, or you want to hit, and I think we should probably start off with those. Um, Jack had uh, wanted us to watch Into the Matrix, right? No, no, uh, a glitch in the Matrix. Glitch yeah. in the Matrix. Glitch in the okay. Matrix. It's on Hulu. You guys on, should watch it. On Hulu, Hulu about okay. simulation theory. I've been a little bit busy this week. I rushed out two podcasts last week because we had to fit in Colin into our schedule and shit like that. So um, I'm also doing a lot of shit for Wubs if you want to talk about that a little bit. But, we will um, definitely talk about Wubs. We'll, we'll get to Wubs here in a little bit. But what, I, I've been working on my set. My set's finally finished. I'm starting to work on the promo mix and also that little visual presentation that I want to have that I sent you that like for the, the advertisement yeah bro like it's 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 starting to look a lot better than I really thought it was but mm-hmm. yeah we're out here um so what do you really want to get into when it comes to simulation theory man so uh let's uh we'll kick it off with just like the basics so the whole idea behind simulation theory is uh society or like our civilization has advanced so far or some civilization has and we are essentially in a computer program that we live in and we are just we are in that program we're not living a real life on planet earth it's a program simulated like virtual reality that's the whole basic idea behind it um it's fascinating to me do i believe in it no i'm a scientific skeptic i expect evidence but i am open-minded i believe that it's possible and the way i had somebody present it actually in that um in that documentary is he said to me, to believe that we are an original outside of being a copy is actually probability-wise incredibly low. Incredibly it's low. it's yeah. much more likely that there was an original and they've created this, yeah. just multiple simulations. Yeah, and it com- kind of comes into the whole multiverse theory and sure. shit like that. There's a, uh, when we talk about, I've talked about the Fermi Paradox a couple times on mm-hmm. this uh, podcast, but when you think about like a society that might not want to expand outwards into the actual universe that we know, uh, and maybe think more inwards if you want to call it like that and like engage themselves in like some sort of virtual reality or some shit like that right. that would explain why we might not be able to see any type of aliens and stuff sure. like that and when you look the at like the universe that we live in everything is fucking bound by this certain laws of physics and it's binary in a sense and like everything fucking follows a certain type of flow so when you're thinking about it it kind of does make sense that we might be stuck in some type of computer simulation that has bound us to this law sure that we have sure yeah 
Yeah, and there's certain things that, that people point to that people allude to is uh, what they call a glitch in the matrix. Like you, there's these signs that if you pay attention to them, you might see this is a flaw in programming, right? And yeah. one of the biggest things people point to is the uh, what's it the um, like the Berenstein Bears. I'm blanking on the name. What's it called? Like uh, where people see something and they remember it as something else. I'm blanking De- on the is name. Is it deja vu? No, no, it's not deja, deja vu. vu. It's uh, that's what it, Mandela effect. The Mandela effect, right? So like, and the, it started. The reason they call it that is because a lot of people remember Nelson Mandela dying in prison like mm-hmm. 30 years ago but then he died in like 2014 and it yeah. was like wait what like I didn't even know he was out of prison there's this whole thing you know so mm-hmm. that's where it started and then people started paying attention to other things and those are what's called if you believe in it a glitch in the matrix something that you remember is one way that maybe it did something different and it's a, a sign if you pay it. like somebody some people believe that and then there's yeah. um there's a guy who talks about if you go off the normal seven week structure that we're used to, he started recording things in a 12 week structure and a pattern over years and years. And he started noticing certain things would happen on this day. Mm-hmm. Out of a set of 12. It's very interesting. Yeah. It's very, it's very uh, yeah. cool, you know? Yeah. Um, and I don't want to talk too much. So feel free to take over. Cause I could, I could talk about the subject just basically. No, no. Well, yeah. Welcome. I mean, when, when it comes down to it, there's a lot of things that can fucking really be, uh, um, Involved in like the the glitch in the matrix type thing, not even necessarily that because you're talking about like actual like real world events and stuff that happen. But like when you think about things like uh, dreaming, sleep paralysis, uh, stuff like that, like those are things that like something about them just has a certain type of meaning to us. Like Mm -hmm. we've talked about sleep paralysis. I've talked about it in one of the earlier episodes of Your House, Our Rules. Um, And sleep paralysis is a thing that I have dealt with, and like. It's something that has like a, a profound like meaning to me, even though I don't really know what that meaning is, because right. there's just something there that when you're just locked in a space in your room and fucking terrified out of your goddamn mind, and like you feel like this presence is standing around you, and sometimes you even see those presences and stuff like that, you kind of have like an out of this world experience. Sure. Deja vu is kind of an experience like that as well, because yes. like it's one of those things where it's like, did I just repeat that memory in my head instantly after I just saw it or was this something that I have actually experienced before yeah yeah so there's a lot of things that go into that so let me ask you in in this sleep paralysis experience did you ever have any hallucinations yeah I've seen the shadow people and stuff like that and that's one crazy thing about uh, sleep paralysis that um, is like circumstantial to all people who have it not everyone who has it but like There are multiple people who have said, like, I have fallen asleep, woken up, unable to move in my bed, and I see these shadowy figures that are just, like, around my bed and stuff like that. Like, it's happened around the world to multiple people. And and it's going on for, like, multiple is a poor way to describe it. You're talking about it goes back generations upon generations. Thousands of years. I mean, the whole term nightmare comes from those experiences. Like, it literally does. Like, the original mare is a a term for a horse. And people who originally experienced, like, these, like, red-eyed beings said it looked kind of like a horse. So, like, that's where nightmare comes from. Mm. Being asleep and experiencing these crazy almost like and it comes from like obviously terms of the time some people attribute it to uh like demonic possession some people attribute it to alien abduction and it kind of depends on what you're influenced by but genuinely like the whole thing is built around these 
things that we experience. So I've had them talk to me. I've had them talk yeah. to me in English. I've had them talk I to me in weird the, languages. The, you the know? scariest uh, moment that I have ever had in my entire life was the time when I woke up. I was a little bit younger. I think I was in high school, maybe like 15, 16 years old. And I woke up in my room. I was laying on my back. And like it was weird because I never sleep on my back. Right. It's either on my left side or straight on my stomach with my mm. little fucking left leg out. Mm. Um, and I had fallen asleep. And I remember I woke up on my back. I was completely immobile in my bed. And there were like eight, nine shadowy figures in like hoods standing around me just chanting a seance. You know, it's funny you say that. They say 50% of people experience alien abduction sleep paralysis. Mm -hmm. Alien abduction sleep paralysis. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a thing like some people don't like it. No, it's like it's it's crazy because like uh, some people either don't even realize like people attribute it to different things. Well, would you consider that an alien sleep paralysis abduction? Because it's something that's foreign to me. Sure. I think... I don't like. I think it's something that once again it, it comes to what you're influenced by. But I definitely have had actual, real, like lucid dreaming states that came from sleep paralysis, where aliens were very much so either trying to abduct me or abduct my son. I've had them where they've abduct, abducted my son in the dream, and I was so terrified when I woke up. I went and got Jack out of bed, and like I remember, wow. like when, no, it was so bad. It was it had such an effect mm-hmm. on me, and I was so scared. Like, what if this is about to happen? I literally went upstairs. My mom was standing me at the time, with me at the time, and I was like, "Hey, can we just lay with you?" And I put Jack between us both. Like seriously, I was so terrified that I could wake up and Jack be gone. Like literally, like I had such a visceral, real human reaction to this dream state. It well, now so we know me. Jack's sleeping experience. Yeah, hey, it was rough. It was rough. But uh, actually, what's funny? We're talking about this. I haven't had sleep paralysis in almost like fourteen months, but in the last two weeks, it started back up again. Just what do you think is causing that? I have no idea. I've done a lot of research. I've done studies on myself. Uh, I do think that some of it is thought induced, like you bring it upon yourself. I do think some of it is like you think about it, so you manifest it to a degree. But I don't think. That's oh, definitely no. The the thinking about it, manifesting thing is definitely a th- uh, thing because when you had told me about the whole nightmare um, uh, documentary on Netflix, like I Which watched is great. it. Y'all should watch and that. I immediately. Wait, what is the name of it? It's called The Nightmare. It's the same guy who directed A Glitch in the Matrix, by the way. So oh, really? Interesting. Same guy. Yeah, but um, when I watched it, like I was watching, it, and I was like, I'm gonna have night terrors tonight. Like, <laughs> I know it's gonna happen, and sure shit, I fucking. I remember fell you called me about it. And like it, it they happen. You had the one uh, where you're laying on your side, right? You told me, and it's like over your shoulder. Is that right? I, no, that was a different experience. Okay. I had the, those are some of the worst. Because bro. the thing about it was, when I knew that it was coming, mm-hmm. I was more prepared for it, sure. and that's one of the things that goes into like lucid dreaming and mm-hmm. stuff like that. When you're prepared for it and you know what to expect, you're able to handle it. A it's lot like better. you're able to be like, "Hey, I'm in a dream and manipulate," yeah. which I've done successfully one time, and it was a crazy experience. But it literally when did, I was, like, it scarred me quite a bit, like, to the point where, well, I was very terrified of what that, like, it's like opening Pandora's box. Like, what if I am experiencing something that is tangible and real to some degree? Yeah. And it's like, what if I wake up and I'm insane? Like, I, I tricked something in my brain to where I experience things in a different way and I can never go back to a normal reality. That very much so terrified me mm-hmm. and turned me off to the entirety. I was quiet. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, somehow, I mean, 2021, we have medicine for everything. They still don't have medication to fix this. Right. Yeah. I find that hard to believe. Yeah. Well, mean, that's that could go into numerous things about big pharma, but continue. And when, yeah, when you're talking about like drug use and what it fixes, mm-hmm. there's a lot of drugs out there that are um, that seriously help people, like Xanax. Right. I'm not a fan of Xanax because I've seen it straight yeah. up kill people around me. Right. But at the same time, like that drug seriously keeps people. People have to have it. Keeps yeah. people alive. Absolutely. Like it, it's it's that thing where like drugs like. I'm I'm a proponent of uh, 
legalizing all drugs to be completely honest right. uh, because I, I think that people drugs. I think that I people should fucking govern themselves and like it's not my fault that you're not able to fucking right. handle your right. cocaine addiction right. like we legalize alcohol Le- alcohol has been legal uh, basically since the beginning of time except for the 1920s yeah we had a small and when break. when when they fucking did probate or uh prohibition and shit like that look mm-hmm. how that worked out right fucking alcoholism was rampant during that time right. because they told people that they can't do it and fucking drugs aren't the fucking problem it's people's fucking psycho 100 psych, psych about right. it man well, they fucking want to do illegal shit right i'm trying to think of the gangster's name not not fucking of course, Al Capone. Huge, yeah, but not Al Capone. I'm thinking of he was huge, was super popular with Jimmy like. Alpha. No, damn it! I'm trying to think. God damn it! I'm not gonna be able to do it. I'm gonna fuck up and waste time. But he was so popular with like the actual like uh, just the population of the United States. People supported him. They hit him, you know. But like the government was so bad about they just wanted to shut him down because he's doing illegal shit. But we're talking about things that are subjective. So governments do have a job to say what we can and can't do. I totally get that. But when we're talking about things that are wrong because the government says so versus wrong in themselves, that's a huge gray area in between. And it comes to a point of, especially if you're running on freedom in America, where you are dictating choices in someone's life who they feel they should have choices over. And I totally agree with you on that. Like, we should have, like, I mean, if we opened up that way, of course there would be chaos at first. But when you open up a community to being able to make their own choices, not only do you encourage people to get help, you encourage people like, hey, you're not going to go to prison because you're an addict. You yeah. know, like you encourage those things. Like it does have, like there, there's going to be, um, there's going to be messiness in the beginning. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, look, you have the Netherlands, oh. Portugal, Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Um, those are a couple of countries that's been doing it for a while now, and you kind of see that people are falling back. I mean, yeah, people are shooting stuff up in the streets, sure. but I mean. But the, the the amount of people that are shooting up uh, on the streets, at least, has declined dramatically. Well, I, would, I don't know the stats. Well, but. if you look at the the countries like the Netherlands mm-hmm. and shit like that that have uh, legalized like actual drugs all the way right. across the board, the actual like addiction rate goes sure. down because now they are able to regulate it and tax it and fucking tell people I just don't know do. if America and would. see that's the, that's the Ameri- thing that may be the thing though is we are different <laughs> we, we, are, have, we, are, we have so many other issues yes we have so many other issues as well that like we have this whole like uh, I was talking to somebody about counterculture recently like there literally is and we're facing it now this whole rebuttal of like the backside of society that we have created because of years of subjugation, years of oppression, and years of really just taking advantage of, not even just, we're talking about minorities, like certain demographics in general, it's white, black, whatever, like, so now we're dealing with these people who are like demanding these same rights, and it's just, there's so much going on that we have to focus on if we're gonna make it, and honestly, I say big if, because I would not be surprised if we, capsize and something new will come from it but like dude america as it's going is there's no way we can continue especially with bipartisan politics and how divided everyone is and there's like just zero open-mindedness and so i do think our generation and the generation after is making progress but is it going to be in time that's the question is it going to be in time are we going to make it as this last generation the boomers die out i don't know I don't know if we're going to make I, it. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. That's fair. Uh, that, that's a hard question to answer. I think that um, think that there's a lot of different views that go on, and like we sure. kind of do shit on the boomers and stuff when it comes to so politics and stuff So tired of hearing like that, that, by the way. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a very fucking cliche thing to we're talk all about, liable. kind of. But like, we, sure. we are all liable. But at the same time, we're not, because like... 
you have to be 35 years old to fucking run for office in, in, in the United States and stuff right. like that. So you kind of see where I'm coming from. Yes. But like it, like still- there, There's a barrier that you have to get by, and that's mm. an age barrier. That's limited to fucking sure. a physical property of ourselves. Wait, so Keith, DJ Spill, you're telling me that there's someone out there younger than 35 that could potentially be a leader of our country? I don't think so. Well, so what's the problem? I think that we're it's not. It's a good regulation. I think, that, I think that we're not asking. Why not? I think we're not asking enough questions of who could potentially lead this country. I don't think the young people have enough voice in this country. But at the same time, some of these fucking, I go to these EDM shows and shit, and of course, like they're always trying to cater to the newer fucking audience because that's the biggest audience there is. And they're I meet some of tickets. these. I'm meeting some of these younger people, and they're just stupid, man. They just don't well, have. They not. I don't want to say stupid. They're not wise enough. They look, haven't experienced. But enough. that's a lack of perspective. So, like, imagine this, right? So, um, the 35 age bear. I think it is a good thing because it, it, it makes sure that you've got some life experience outside of just connections, right? But if we're going to talk about um, just like stupidity in general. First of all, every generation can be linked to a general like amount of ignorance. And, so that, and I, we, I change I changed my stance on that. I, I, I don't call them stupid. Right. Lack of wisdom. Lack well, of sure. experience. But even experience. like we all have that. We have we have growth to do. But like if we're gonna like say for example the boomers, right? Are the boomers responsible for our current position? Say with climate change, a hundred percent. But did they know? I think a lot of people didn't. So you can't really, it's, it's honestly like very similar and I hate, like I don't wanna bring this up and go too deep into it, but like society has changed so much, what we'll tolerate. Does it make it okay what they did? Absolutely not, but can we hold them completely liable? That is tough to say mm. because you're making decisions in All a right. in a time when things were different. In hindsight, well, the, 100%. The, well, the, you can't yeah. fucking knock them. Like, I mean, no. you the can. Is, the thing is, I'm 27 years old and I already have seen. 27 the, years the younger, young. The right. young, there we 27 go. 27 years young, yeah. I've already seen that the younger generation kind of dictates more of the popular culture, but the older fucking society dictates more like the political side sure. and stuff like that. And one day when the boomers all die out and shit like that, fucking our generation is going to come up and probably have the same fucking radically different fucking perspective that the new fucking generation has. Well, okay, so the pendulum always swings in the far end, for sure, right? I I do expect a very progressive liberal mind state. The only thing I do hope is that the divisiveness, the very like the very strict line in between doesn't take hold of people too much because there are conservative values that are important. Mm-hmm. There are conservative values that are honoring our constitution. As it would now, now touching on that, were our forefathers goddamn prophets? No, they made mistakes as well. So it's not a goddamn, it should be an ever growing and ever changing document to some degree. But I do hope that we don't have this whole really like super progressive state where it's like very liberal and we just squash all this other stuff. Should it be liberal? Should it be progressive? 100%. I do believe that. I'm leaning towards obviously the, uh, the blue side of things I'm biased you know yeah. uh, but even with my political science degree one thing I learned in those classes is people just generally like they just want to take sides and they won't actually consider Naturally, a yeah. balance you know like there's like there there is some value to the original bipartisan system and if you uh, study it there's a reason that it, it developed that way you know you have yeah. federalism versus states rights in the original but, days of the country and they were for a reason you know but it's just toxic now. so so you 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 
picture yourself as someone who leans towards the left and stuff like that. Do you think that's really just a smart way to go about life, man? Because no. when I when I'm thinking about bipartisan government, I think that it's absolutely ridiculous for I me to, for me to group me into a fucking certain group. No, for sure. Just based on one fucking opinion that I have, because I'm all over the place, man. Like I agree. I, I'm a moderate at heart, like at heart, like mm. really, I really do believe in like kind of a sense of anarchy. I know a lot of people don't fucking no, I get that. Li- like that idea and they're like there's no way that it could happen and i'm like but it could be temporary it, it could be temporary and I'd that like, might happen i'd like to see what happens with that sure. and I, I, well look here's uh, okay here's the get, thing just gonna get into some weird spot if i keep going well let me yeah, tell you this yeah, like yeah. do i consider myself a liberal of course because that's how the label of if someone heard me talk to be he's a liberal but no do i absolutely align myself with well, see, democrats i don't well, see, i don't i don't take their side the thing about i try to be objective people, people are going to align you in what fucking alignment that they right. have Once in their the precognizant fucking memory man right. like I've, i come from the west side of cincinnati and as you know you've been around our family. It's a hardcore Republican fucking Very side, side of Catholic family. Really? And like, oh yeah, dude. Oh, oh yeah, West Side of our Cincinnati. Whole family, West Side right. of Cincinnati all Republicans, is crazy, all man. Catholics, everything. Like, Devout too. Like our uncles are. Shout in the out parish. Davidson County. Yeah. Hey, the only mom. blue county other than Shelby. Dude, it really is yeah. repping too. Repping, and they're doing yeah. a good job. If we're talking about Nashville, yeah. like, there's a lot of shit that people talk shit about it, but Nashville is a great city. Yeah, Tennessee, but when state. But but it was going back to to before. Because I live in that type of community and I have the fucking views that I do, like, I don't believe in borders. I think that anyone should be able to live wherever the fuck they want to. I think that fucking imaginary lines are ridiculous and shit like Mm -hmm. that. And when I say shit like that around my friends in Republican West Side of Cincinnati, they're all like, what the libtard fuck? right fucking libtard and right. i'm like oh, yeah so like I, it's terrible it's it's awful man so okay let me talk about like this is something that like uh that i learned during my degree field right so one thing if we're talking about like philosophical beliefs do i i understand where you're coming with anarchy but i do 100 percent meet I, I believe that there has to be somebody somewhere who makes some decisions because when shit gets hard if, if you have to make an well, emergency that's, decision, that's, you can't go to a deliberation that's in the, the Supreme way, Court. That's the know, way like, it's always going to be, man. Well, because when, we, when you don't, come down to fucking pressure situations, there's always fucking the, the sheep and the person who's going to fucking I get be. that. But that's Every what time I'm, it fucking happens, you get into some real shit, there's someone who steps up and tries to deal with the situation. Right. Most other people just... Mm. So are you familiar with uh, Thomas Hobbes? He's a, he's a like a... British philosopher like uh, a couple couple centuries ago for sure so one of the things that he said that always resonated with me is a state of nature is a state of war and what he's trying to say is if you break things down to their bare where like we're back in a tribal state if you have if you go through a tough winter with your family with your tribe and you're struggling and you come across a tribe who has shit together your first thought is going to be how can I how can I get what they have who's calling someone right I'm not sure it's not me is Uh, that you Don? probably (laughs) anyway uh, damn, is it on the one we're filming with? <laughs> Will it stay filming? It'll stay filming, yeah. It's still right. filming. We'll get there. We, we'll get there. You might want to go turn it on fucking night mode real quick. It's all good. Okay. As long as we don't we get any more continue. calls. But yeah, continue. Hops. So anyways, he's talking about a state of nature is a state of war. And that always resonated with me because even though I never really believed in it, 
it makes sense. It's just this general idea that we have an animalistic base to ourselves, and most people do not. It's not that they're not capable. I truly believe that every single person has the potential. Uh, it goes back to the whole gods and worms thing, right? Everybody has the potential to be like their own god, as we would imagine it. Like the, mm-hmm. just the potential to do really amazing things. Most people are never presented with that information. They don't ever understand like the wisdom behind it and what they're capable of. So people do tend to be more, not to be condescending, but on the worm side, like very much so basic. They do things as society expects them. They don't think outside the box there, a copy of a copy, right? So, but what he's saying is he also said to negate that is you do have some requirement in a government standing or some type of like community leadership where you have a sovereign decision maker. Even if you have, you ought to have balances and checks, which we Mm -hmm. should have, we don't. But somebody who when shit hits the fan is capable to be like, this is what we've got to do. You know, and you have to have that. So in a state of anarchy, anarchy, you would not. You know, and that's just like, would it work temporarily? Sure, we could fix some shit maybe, but like what you come up with is people My sense, My sense of anarchy is a very idealistic well, let me perspective. Let, on let's it. give Dalton a second. Do you look. realize that you are referencing someone that lived in the 15th century, Jack? Mm-hmm. Things have changed, yeah. For sure. However, you're not wrong, but I mean, right. this guy lived a long time ago. Yeah. We're talking about, you know, mm-hmm. the simple fact someone living that long ago, how can you relate to 21st century rules? Sure. And that's that's a thing where it's, it's difficult to relate because could they have the foresight? Absolutely not. But have people really changed inherently? No, we're still human beings. We just have more advanced tools. We have the ability to do things that we never had before. We have now. That's one thing. But you don't also, think that changes people inherently? No. I, well, inherently, no. Do we have the capability? Yes. But if we're talking inherently, the definition of that is literally at its core. Mm-hmm. This is something that is tangible, real, that is unchangeable. Inherently, is a natural base thing, right? Yeah. So, are we changed inherently as human beings? No, we're not maybe in some small socioeconomic groups. So if you're raised in Franklin, Tennessee, maybe that changes you a bit if you're raised with an yeah, iPad but, and everything, but, but does that change you in fucking Taiwan but when or you think South it, India? When yeah. you think about inherently and we're talking about like where we grew up in the fucking late 80s and 90s and shit like that compared right. to someone who grew up in like the 20s and had to fight through World War fucking two, right. inherently they were grown on fucking total war, world war. Sure. We haven't really experienced anything like that. No, but you're also like coming from a mindset of a very, a very American idea. Like if we're talking about Americans or like Northwest, North, yeah, Northwest Europe and even Northern Asia, 100%. But there were people who had nothing to do with that. Like that's one thing that it's a perspective that some people lapse on. South Africa, for example, had nothing to do with the world wars. Like did, yeah. it, did it register for them? Do they teach about it? Probably not. So it's just like something if we're talking about humans in a very general sense. You don't think that don't South think Africa teaches about world, the world wars? I don't know. I'm just going off of a not like maybe like a suggest like it's just like I can imagine why they would skip over it. Why does it affect their country? The like whole if, po- like if we're talking about like say the whole know. point that I have with inherently kind of fucking goes coin or coincides with the generation that you were brought up in and the fucking things that you have experienced throughout your life. Mm-hmm. So like fucking let's say like 600 years ago in the renaissance they have absolutely no idea the type of shit that is fucking going on today so inherently we would be vastly different from the people that grew up in that generation to some degree i will give you like that is a good like okay so i guess with where you're going with that as our perspective changes as humanity sure we may change because i do think like people call it a utopian society or whatever but like I do think if we survive this next hundred years, especially is critical through climate change and all these changes in the way we treat human, like human beings, like mm-hmm. 
if we survive that, maybe this generation that does will have a better perspective. And yes, inherently, maybe we will be changed. But it does come through education. It comes through being raised and like, you know, like the whole thing of like, um, even me raised it. Like I was born in 1987 and lived through the 90s. I've always been an incredibly like tolerant and friendly Shout person. Shout out 80s babies. That's right, baby. We all crack babies because we born in the 80s. <laughs> ADHD crazy. Anyway, uh, but uh, like even dealing with our grandma, who is such an amazing person. I remember my first, uh, uh, my first black friend. He was super close to me, very important. And she literally pulled me aside to have a talk about trusting him. And it was like, grandma, he's a great guy. You know, and like that's just... That I mean, probably one of the best have, friends you had. He was great, you know, and I have many more now. And uh, you know, honestly, that whole I'm so happy that that's starting to die out. There are still resistances, but like we are making progress, not only as a society, but I believe worldwide, there's just more. I, I believe that as a society, we're constantly evolving towards a society that is more involved with all different cultures and ethnicities. And I think the biggest thing that fucking. Uh, backs that is social media because we are so interconnected now that like we have to deal with fucking everybody of different cultures and races and societies so i think that it is something that we are gradually working towards a better society but at the same time it can kind of cause more irritation in it Sure. Because now we're all connected and we can talk shit about the culture that we don't like. Well, I mean, social media is a great example. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you can pretty much get on any time and talk to anyone you want across the world. And I think that's putting us in a platform that we're not ready for. And really, I, I think there's no turn that, to that. that great was, point. That, that, was, the, great that point. was the weird thing about social media that, like... We still to this day really don't know what to do with it. No. Like all of a sudden, like what? When was Facebook invented? Like it's, mid two thousands. It's, it's like, a yeah. way to vote. So like for thir- for, for fucking thirteen years, we've had this social media, and like that shit came out, and it's like holy shit, we're all connected well, now. MySpace can... was like two thousand three. Like we're talking about. I was like. Kids are raised. MySpace was more. Now. MySpace was more localized. Facebook, sure. you can meet all it's kinds global. of people. You're right. So, yeah. so now it's like. Do you have any more beers for the way? Are we out? Uh, I think we might be out of beers. Beers. Sorry, we got the rum. The rum is not gone. No, I do agree. It's a very good point as well. Like it's a, it can be so toxic and like 90% of the time it is, but occasionally, so like I really have, uh, I've really enjoyed this balance I've created because my job is ran with my phone. My phone and my laptop, if I didn't have them, I couldn't yeah. do what I do. So It's a lifeline. Yeah, it is. You know, and like I have to now I manage all these social media accounts. So it's important for me to not only be on my shit, but to be responsive because I think that sets me apart. Someone who some someone can engage with instantly. And then on top of that, when you add an email, like it is a job. But what I've tried to do is not do the like, oh, I wake up in the morning and I don't want to get out of bed, so I'll scroll through Facebook for 20, 30 minutes. You know, that's something that I did a long time that's ago. Key, that's like, bro. It's key because you can get caught up. I'll see something that I'm like, God damn, this is fucked, and I'll want to respond, but it's like, you're not getting anywhere. I've been, you're going to say something, and it's going to catch you in more of absolutely. a bad loop. And I've before been, you know it, you'll spend hours in a day doing nothing. I've been, trying, I've been trying my best to when I come home from work after my fucking long ass day, like I wake up at 7 in the morning, I don't get home until 7 p.m., I try my best to not sit down on the couch and watch that one or two videos before I go do what I need to do. Because if I watch those one or two videos, those one or two videos turn into 10, 20 videos. Well, yeah. I mean, be cognizant about your decisions. When you're sitting there mindlessly swiping 
What are you doing? What are you doing? And that's the that's the that's what we all have. That's the thoughts that we all have when we're doing this. Like, there's been so many times where I'm just flipping through Facebook, like just after work, just like, what am I doing? I could be doing so much better shit. And this is this is why I'm trying to get away from like like drinking and like I love my boys and shit like that. But I've told them like I'm at a point in my life where like I'm not trying to just sit around and watch sports and fucking you drink alcohol get shit all day. Done. Yeah, I was 100%. like, and don't get me wrong, I need that release. I was talking to Dalton about that before. Right. I was like, I need that one day a week that like I go out and I get fucked up and like I have that release where I'm not Nothing just wrong thinking no. about shit. But at the same time, like if I can do that and like create a fucking song or create a visual or fucking and do something in the meantime, like I would much rather do that. And I'm really mm. trying to convince the people that are close to me to. To do the same thing no for sure and i don't know if necessarily they're down for it but at the same time that's gonna fucking be the make or break thing in for my sure. life moving forward well as you like and there's a thing about like uh kind of it sucks but like growing out of friendships like sometimes you do uh and it's not that you outgrow people people grow in different directions people want this versus that there's nothing wrong with being mid-20s and you decide that you want to marry somebody and have kids there's nothing wrong with that but it's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't trade my journey for anything. And like you said, proud of you because it takes a lot to work a legitimate, hard, taxing job and come home and be like, you know what? I have dreams and passions I need to set time for. Mm-hmm. And I do see that in you. You know, mm-hmm. you're a fucking asshole, but I do respect that. Like, seriously, you know, like, and yeah. you choose your, you love video games. It's an outlet, but how often you choose being productive over that is important. Yeah. That's and I've been I've, doing it a lot lately. You have been, yeah. I've noticed, you know, and that's something like I have really found stride with lately as well, because a lot of times it's like, well, I'm bored. I guess I'll play some games. I make it a point now where like, it's like I tell myself I'm my own boss because I am, you know, I have mm-hmm. all this free time. If I'm not producing, whether it's writing, music, working on wubs, working on Hey Man, like if I'm not doing that eight hours a day, I wasted that day. I tell myself mm-hmm. that. And when I journal at night, it's like, well, what the fuck were you doing? And now you can't get it back. Well, yeah. being your own boss is going to take you working without getting paid. For sure, 100%. And it, there's a that's difference, a part of it. There's yeah. a difference between being your own boss, yeah. boss like mentally and physically. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just to be able to sit there and push yourself. I mean, it's real easy to sit there and do play video games mm-hmm. or smoke weed all day. But like, can you make yourself get up mm-hmm. and take the extra step to do whatever it takes to become successful? Right. Mm-hmm. To not justify bullshit and to have willpower. And I tell you yourself. what, man, uh, they don't make more time. No. And no. how are you compartmentalizing that time to become productive and making yourself a little bit better today mm-hmm. than you were yesterday? Very good. Uh, well said. And that brings me to this funny thing I thought about recently. It's like, you know how many times I hear people utter like the cliche that time is a construct? And it is, but it is measurable. There's beginnings and ends to the thing, right? But I hear these same people talk about time as a construct, but they're the same people who will justify their bullshit. Like, oh, I don't have enough time in the day. Well, if time's oh a construct, why can't you? Why can't the you spend an hour reading? Or, I hate hearing. It's is, terrible. I don't have enough time to work it's out. terrible. I don't have enough time to cook. To read or anything. You have the time. Yeah, you just don't. Whether or not you choose to utilize this time. I'm in a point in my life where, like, it's really hard to utilize the time that I have. But at the same time, the time that I have, I'm utilizing. I will say you there's now there are some people so like you work a like I said, a taxing job. My bad. You work a taxing job and then on top of that right there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You work a taxing job and then on top of that you are worried about your side hustles and your passions. Mm-hmm. That does take balance and sometimes you'll fall off. There's Shout time, out side hustles. Shout out hey, they're shout important. <laughs> no, for real, there's times where I find myself I'm like, you know, like okay, so for example, 
I literally considered this Monday through Wednesday the most productive three-day span I had in my great. entire life, which awesome. is saying something. Great, like, yeah. I spent every day in a flow state working, you know? So I took Friday off yesterday. Uh, but what I found from that is I woke up today, and it's like, I'm glad I took the day off to just, like, be free and, like, get away from my phone. But it's like, uh, I'm still working. It is, but, like, I'm still working on not waking up in the morning because like so jack's with his mom right mm-hmm. i wake up in the morning and my 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 uh what is what i'm what's the word i'm trying to look for so like uh my reason to be on my shit is gone so i wake up in the morning and just justify bullshit you know what i'm saying i'll, I'll like yeah. i'll get up and like i'll play some games at like 10 a.m i justify like, I just bu- waste time i justify bullshit all the time dude we one, all of the, one of the biggest justifying bullshit that i do in my entire life is continuing to smoke cigarettes no. And like I've cut out, that's a huge. I've, I've cut out fucking cigarettes during the week and stuff like that. But still, it gets to the Good. weekend, and I'm just fucking like, oh well, we made it to the weekend, so now I can smoke as much as I want to, yeah. bro. Don't we all do it's that? Human nature, right? unfortunately. It Everybody. Does My that. worst thing: I'll work out all day long and eat an entire pizza. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's okay, but really, it's not. Um, and you that's, justify. It. That's human nature. Mm-hmm. So it don't is. beat yourself up for that. Too bad. It's funny too, like you mentioned food, because like uh, that's always been an issue with me. I am just now, like, shout out Kendra if you watch this. She has been on my shit for years about eating healthier. And even though, like, I'm 80, one of those 20, people, 80% eating, 20% physical. In the gym. 100%. Yeah. You know? And like, it's funny because, like, I always use my own, like, relative health as a testament. I'm like, oh, I was raised on chicken nuggets and pizza, and look at me now. I'm Make 33 chickens, years old and yeah. I'm a giant. I'm in, you know, generally in shape. And she's like, but imagine where you could be if you didn't. And that's yeah. what gets me. It's like, you know, and then she talks about my son. He has way better eating habits than me already, but I want to continue awesome. to work on him yeah. because, like, he, I want him to be healthier. I don't want him to ever go through the stages I did. I was incredibly overweight as a kid. Then I was I shot up two feet and was as skinny as a beanstalk. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you remember in high school. Yeah. Um, so it is important. Eating healthy, goddamn, do it. Don't even – just do it. Whatever you got to do – Eat healthier. Even if you gotta pay someone to teach you or food prep, it is so important. Well, it's so easier important. said than done. A hundred percent. I literally struggle with it every day. Yeah. Some days I'm on my shit and I'm cooking turkey burgers and everything else, and then the next I'm like, damn, I'm busy. I'll fucking cook a frozen pizza. You know, it's just like that. Yeah, and you know, when you can get the ninety-nine cent cheeseburger or the five-dollar salad, right? What are you gonna do? A hundred percent. You know. Yeah, it's a thing. And then also, when time plays a part, which time is an issue, even though. You know, like, I'll be so busy, and I'll have to drive to meet somebody for, like, you know, I took somebody out for um, a professional dinner the other day to talk about their venue, and I find myself in such a rush, and I'm like, well, why not just grab a cheeseburger and fries before I go home, because I know I'm going to be busy. And then before I know it, I'm just like, I feel like, I literally do, like, I never I used get to. Me started. I used to feel, like, didn't matter, but, like, since I've started just feel, feeling out what eating good makes me feel like like I legitimately do feel bad like worse when I eat worse you know well, what I'm yeah, saying I mean you feel sluggish mm-hmm. you know you you're not digesting it the same right you're not passing it the same mm-hmm. um, the statement you are what you eat cannot be more true and you know as I'm getting older yeah, I'm yeah. seeing you know we can't just eat those hot pockets those no. Totinos every night don't get me wrong I fucking love them but right I've had my Totinos much more I mean, if I don't have Tums with me, you know, 24-7, what am I doing? You know, and that's interesting you bring that up because as we get older, it's like we develop. Like, I've noticed uh, I never used to have any food allergies, and it's probably because of my abusive... Did you get a gluten allergy? No, no no Uh, gluten. I'm glad, but also, fucking shout out these people gluten allergies. They suck. Like, I know people with them. They (laughs) suck. Like, yeah. Don't talk shit. They suck, bro. Gluten is in everything. No, I know. I'm talking to but no, I developed this really nasty seed allergy and I found it when I started trying healthier foods. Like, uh, I can't remember what they're called. I'm actually minor, like I had to go home from uh, Western one day. 
I tried one of those protein packs they have in there, and it had sesame seeds. Bro, I used to eat sesame seeds all the time. And I had a very minor, but a, a minor allergic reaction in my throat oh, to where wow. I couldn't breathe. Uh, but there's some seeds that sh- like literally sent me to the hospital. Uh, Kendra made this like healthy protein oatmeal one time. And midway through eating it, like I started getting like, like we're like, you know, yeah. and I was like, damn, what is going on? I never had this. And like when I finished the bowl, I was like, oh shit, I have a, I have a food. And we had to go to the fucking ER. Like I was afraid I was going to die. Really? It was bad. Like, yeah, it was like a whole thing. Holy crap. Yeah, it was crazy. I hear all the time about people that don't even know they're like allergic to peanuts or gluten or whatever it may be. Like, I cannot imagine what that would be like if you're just... Peanut butter there. for sure. Nuts in general. Like, goddamn, please don't don't take peanut butter from me. Like, dude, I put peanut butter That's in That's gotta be terrible. So yeah. Stupid, um, I'm gonna step away to urinate like you, bro. I mean, that's gotta yeah. be terrible. Oh, yeah, awful. So, you don't have a peanut allergy, do you? I don't, no. Actually, peanut butter kind of goes on everything. I don't know... Peanut butter are literally creamy or chunky fans, but oh, homie, if you don't if down. you don't go for creamy peanut butter, you're out your mind. The chunky peanut butter is the peanut butter that you put on your dick so the dog licks it off. I don't know. I feel like creamy could be a little easier, more conventional for the. Uh, the but dog. it's it's not for a human. <laughs> that's what you would give then your I'm girl. Out. I'm out. That, that's what you would give your girl, dude. Just <laughs> slather some smooth peanut butter on there. It'd be like, hey, baby, suck this off. But like, you you, you want to get some dog head. Crunchy peanut butter all the Speaking way. Speaking of peanut butter, I've been going back and revisiting the Uncrustables. Bro. Say Uncrustables, what you want, but... Uncrustables ooh. are the single best snack at a music festival. Okay. I mean, I could see that. Miller put me on that. I mean, they don't really... The shelf life is a few months. Yeah. Doesn't take much. Very low maintenance. I can yeah. see that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's one of those things where, like, well, it depends. Because the peanut butter can fuck you up, man. The peanut butter can put you in a space where, like, you're just chomping on shit for, like, hours on end. If you're, oh, if you're fucked up enough, dry like, mouth like, like, you ever been drunk as shit and, like, you're, you're trying to eat late at night and fucking you have, like, something like that, like peanut butter, and you're just chomping. Cotton chomping, mouth. And chomping, yes. Chomping. Fucking sucks, dude. That's the problem that I had that I was talking about to you earlier with the, like, diet that I was doing when I was really trying to put on some weight. When I was eating 4,000 calories a day of just like actual good food, like I remember lunchtime, I would have a 1,000 calorie shake, which isn't as filling because it's mostly liquid. 1,000 calories? How the fuck do you even do that? Um, strawberries, whole milk, <laughs> yogurt, two scoops of protein powder, a banana, and some oats. And raw eggs, right? And some oats. You motherfucker eating some I raw eggs. Did, I actually did put raw eggs in there a couple times. Not surprised. It's 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 a good it's a good source of protein if you really want it. And like I couldn't drink actual like raw eggs like that's disgusting. But Ooh. I could put them in my shake for sure. Yeah, it gives that's them some a consistency lot. too. And dude, I dude, the shakes that I had they were more like I don't even want to say milkshakes. They were more like soft serve ice cream, man, because like they were thick. So just to fill you guys in, Keith over here, six six. And last time I seen him, he's probably packed on a solid 20 pounds. So, really proud of this guy over here. Doing the work. Do what it takes. Thank you, He's been working hard. I appreciate it. It's not easy. Um, So, I I do see the way that you're going, man. I'm really proud of you. Yeah, man. I've been really on this uh, part of my life where, like, I'm I'm, I'm trying to get fucked up less. And I'm trying to, like, put all that into weightlifting health is wealth man and you know if you don't have that health um what are you doing you know it's it's cool to work hard and play hard man but you know 
to take care of yourself and you have that mental state I'm really proud of you man and I know it's not easy thank so. you man I appreciate that I appreciate that that's one thing that you can't buy you know you no, can't buy you can't drive you can't buy willpower man and like that's something that I think that my parents have really done well in my upbringing that they have instilled in me like I told you before like I don't I, I never had the option as a kid to fucking quit my job and fucking get on unemployment which is a lot of the reason why companies can't get money right now or can't get employees right now and like my entire life I've just been working since I was 16 years old I remember when I was like 19 20 years old I had a really bad day when I was working at Little Caesars and like fucking Little fast Caesar, food yes. fucking five dollar pizza at the time we were selling five dollar pizzas out that bitch yes and like I remember I put in my two weeks notice and I called my mom. I was very frustrated and pissed off and I was living at, with them at the time and I was like, yo, just so you know, I'm fucking quitting this job. I'm gonna try and find something else. My mom told me straight up, she said, if you don't go back in there and fucking yeah. cancel that two week fucking discrepancy uh, that you had, that then awesome. you better not come home. And I was like, well, shit, I don't wanna be 19, 20 years old and fucking homeless. No, so, and you weren't going to come home empty-handed either. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, my mama definitely would have kicked me out of that goddamn house if I would have showed back up like that. That's one thing about my parents. Like, I grew up in, 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 in a strict family, and, you know, we don't always agree with the things that our parents have. We probably start to resonate more well or more with them as we grow older, but they really instilled work ethic in me, and that's something that has carried on to this day in my life. Like, I go hard at everything that I do, man. man. No matter what it is, I give 100%. Our family did do a great job of that. Honestly, like, that, that's, uh, Dalton can resonate with this as well. Like, not only was it, like, a family thing, my dad especially really kind of, like, Big Jack. Whooped it in my, like, I remember him coming, oh, I remember my dad coming down and running sprints with my high school football team and smoking everybody as like a mid thirty, like seriously, in work boots to come pick us up yeah. and just smoking and everybody. No warmups. Literally, Dude, no warmups. I'll tell you what. 40 yard dash, just literally like, and when I say smoking, like Donnie Thomas was super fast and he was beating him. Um, but also, man, shout out to all my coaches because literally from we high were talking school about that college, before too we had a couple of conversations before too I'll tell this, you, the, bond, the bond towards coach Patterson, coach finley those people were so coach to gall even for all the flack he gets for some bro that motherfucker he would have me hating my life but afterwards would take the time to sit down with you'll me remember like, him for the rest of your 100 and, I, and like, he would sit down with me like hey this is why i did this like it wasn't just to punish you you need to push yourself like it was like yeah. one of those things like you and now you're potential. carrying those life skills 100 yeah. and way i wish i could shake those people's hands my today, dude you know all my, the time. my my dad used to do that man i remember when i was in like grade school and shit like that uh, my my friends would try to come over and like hang out with me and my dad had like this rule that like you have to shoot a hundred free throws and a hundred three pointers before you fucking do anything sure like, like you just you get it, nothing it, you enjoy until just you instilling <laughs> that and like at the time I was fucking so so against it how old were you then Oh, he's been doing that since like I was in third grade and shit. Oh, like nice. That. But That's I will. A really good but habit. it, good it, it is, and it and it and it is. But like at the same time, like that can seem very extreme to a lot of people. But right. when like freshman year, when I was five foot eight, trying out for the basketball team, and I didn't make it. I had geared myself oh, towards drumming. Oh, you did make it. Yeah, that's, yeah. That, that just shows. Let's I hear had, about I had, that. Let's I hear about the this. talent he was up against. I want to hear this. I, I had I had geared myself after that no, to more of a pause. How did you not make the team? 
Okay, so when I showed up to freshman year basketball camp, I got it. Um, <laughs> shit, man, this this is gonna get into a lot of. Well, let's shit. hear if it. You know anything about? Share, please do. Were there taller kids than you in your grade? <laughs> trying out, I'm just curious. Were there trying taller? out? Yeah. yeah, I was five so, foot eight. So okay, okay, I got you. Late bloomer. Yeah. Wait, so as a freshman, as a freshman, I was five foot eight. Yeah. Okay. This, okay, I got you. As a sophomore, I was six foot three. Right. But when I didn't make the basketball team, I had geared myself more towards a creative uh, flow point. And like, I wanted to be a musician. That's why I picked up drums. I'd already been playing guitar for a while, but I thought drums were a little bit more my angle. Very interesting. Yeah, dude, I I was playing. He was really good. I was playing gigs um, with my band when I was like 15, 16 years old. Okay. Shit like that. So yeah, I've been been in the community for a, a little bit, but. Um, yeah, when I tried out, see, I went to, I went to Elder, which is a D1, uh, high school. Is this the Catholic school you're Yeah, I went to all boys Catholic high school, mm-hmm. Elder. Most people watching this knows exactly what the Elder's fuck is going huge, on. but yeah, all boys in Catholic. That's why wow. I never went there. I was like, nope. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's, they're huge. It's a weird thing. Like, they're huge. Like, they're really when good. It com- like, when it comes huge. to, like high school football and like I know that's a weird thing to say if you're looking at it from someone from a different state but when it comes to high school football the GCL South which is St. X, LaSalle, Moeller and uh, Elder where I went to school they are literally the top ranked high school pro, uh, football program in the entire country ever. I don't know. No, they're really good. Like, yeah, they really, like, they stand up there like literally with Dalton, Texas, with Texas Dalton. for like how serious they are. <laughs> I'm not I'm Look not it up. I'm you not fucking with you. Look at the up. reason why, like, I like Friday Night Lights, the series, so much is because, like, that's that's the environment. That okay, they really are up there with Texas. When I tell you, when I tell you, when I tell you that, shut down. when I tell you that, two hundred and fifty kids graduated from me around that, and like hundred and ten of them tried out for the freshman football team. I mean it. So when I tried out for my freshman football team, and when you go down the street to Oak Hills, whose school public school district I was in, who has three thousand people, it's like the third biggest fucking uh, school Oak in Hill. the entire. Okay, Oak tell Hill. me some alumni Oak from Oak Hill. What now? Oak Hill. What about it? Who went there? A relevant, a relevant oh. one because there are none. Oak yeah, Hill no, sucks. We're, not, we're talking about the comparison between that public yeah, school. Yeah, there were there were three thousand. There were three. Elder pushes people. There out. were three thousand people that went to that public that public high school. There were a thousand people that went to my private high school, and there were about twenty kids who tried out for the freshman team of Oak Hills, and there were about seventy five that tried out for Elder. Basically, what you're getting is like a more like. Uh, Families pushing people more towards and, getting into, and that's the thing. And that's the thing so. about it. If you look at Elder, what it is, it's probably the. I'm yeah, I'll say it. It's probably the most beautiful fucking high school campus that there it's is. Really nice. You ever been there? Yeah, they have really a, nice. they have a Their horseshoe stadium as well. They it's have really a incredible. horseshoe fucking stadium that sits ten thousand people, and it overlooks this fucking uh, gothic style like church building that they go into to school in. So we're talking Ohio. Mm-hmm. This is Cincinnati, the, Ohio. The home of the NFL Hall of Fame. That's no, that's, Canton. No, that's, it's that's still Canton. in the state of Ohio. That's Canton. That's yeah, Canton. yeah, it is. Yes, that's Canton. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we but, got some deep roots. Here. No, it is. I mean, you got to think, it's, like, even it's though the Bengals and the Browns. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's another thing that I will say about it. There's a lot of fucking politics and shit that goes mm-hmm. on because, like, dude... All our uncles went to fucking Elder. Yeah. And fucking All everyone them. before them went to fucking Elder. Which is actually kind of funny to me. I've always thought this is interesting. Like, I I do sometimes, like, I'm really happy with where my life worked out. But there was a time in my life where I legitimately believed I was going to go to the NFL. Like, I really mm-hmm. did believe that. 
And I wonder if my journey would have been different if I never moved and went to Elder versus Cheatham County where they don't, it's not it as, would, it's not yeah. as now, I, right? Jack, I'll tell, I'll tell you straight up. It would have been a lot different I get if that. you would have been but able to. But also, like, when I consider my dad's side of the family, like, my dad was, like, uh, a really, like, he was, like, a all-state receiver and, I believe, all-state punter, maybe even all-American punter for Western Hills. Like, he was incredibly talented. Super but, athlete. But he was just such a fuck. Like, my dad was more of a fuck than any of us will ever be. Like, shout out to my dad. I love him. But, like, he was, one, he was the, the youngest of nine. Just raised in that whole toxic masculinity, raised, 80s, hair ra- metal style, ra- raised like very, in, raised in a very fucked up. Situation. And he's he, like, I don't mean to get, I will, I will definitely filter this, but like some of the stories he's told me about what he was doing in high school, uh, even some of the things I've done in my adult life, it's like wow, like what. A crazy so let me experience. ask you this: so when we were in high school, prime time shape, playing football on those Sunday nights, Sunday days when he would come out there and mm-hmm. play with us, how old do you think he was? So he's 21 years older than me. So you were uh, 18. Yeah. So 39. Yeah, 39 at the this most. This man was mossing us. Yeah, he really was. And at was, the peak of my physical condition. Right. I mean, on a completely different level. Mm-hmm. And in work boots, and he like literally, like legitimately, like did I tell? Did did did. did, did have I ever told you where my love for Timberlands came from? Uh, dad, my dad, your dad, yeah. Well, honestly, like in the thing the is, Tim's? Like, he broke yeah. the Tim's out, bro. Oh, yeah, I remember one time. I remember one time specifically. I was in middle school, and like we have those Paris festivals that happen around Cincinnati and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And your dad showed up in fucking like shorts and Timberlands, bro. And Probably I was like, shirtless I was like, I was like, I don't know what it is about these wheat fucking boots that he's got on, but. I'm going to wear those when I was older and like, yeah. So like the thing about my dad and to give myself a little background here is like, uh, he was incredibly athletic. Did, did some of his crazy usage have to do with how fit he looked? Absolutely. For sure. He was hippie crack skin. Sure. But the dude was like so ripped, like a six pack in his late thirties. But like he, uh, I don't know. For was he smoking his, cigarettes at the time? Because I yeah, was mind bro. blown, bro. Yeah, he does. He he did he have long range stamina? No, but in a forty yard dash. Oh, uh, when it came now. to mossing me. Well, apparently my uncle Joe, his brother, was faster than him. <laughs> so apparently my uncle Joe ran a legit four three in high school, and my dad ran like a four three five. Like they were super fast. It was just whatever. Whatever, I don't know. I'd beat the shit out of your dad in this problem. So as... Oh, bro, <laughs> come on, dude. <laughs> as we're here, Al Bundy talking about the heydays. We're wrapping up on an hour. Mm. I don't want to ramble about stupid stuff. Let's go back and bring it back real quick. And how do you see us rebounding from this COVID tip? Okay, that's a really good point. So I think... I mean, obviously, it's still super divisive. It's such a political topic. But I think... The only way to go about it is to push forward with lessons learned. And I do think that masks are going to become a somewhat consistent part of some parts of our life. My son, even though there's no mask mandate, wears a mask at summer camp. Right? Great for him. And I think it's a good thing. Yeah. I think they should. Like, why not? Why yeah. not? Like, you know, it doesn't uh, hurt anyone. It, it Eastern, it Eastern cultures have been doing it for a while. Hey, that's what I'm saying. Ten you know, years so ago, I noticed this. I, I, think, I think that we're going to move forward and learn a little bit. Is there going to be resistance? Of course. Uh, but I think it will be overall healthy for us as a community, as a society, as a country. And also, hopefully, that ripples out in the world. We obviously have an effect. But if, if COVID proved anything, we are so behind the eight ball on so many things. And Americans are so overly patriotic and have this, we're the best country, and we're not. We are failing our people. In we're approaching ways. July Fourth, well, which is like our heyday, right? right? And 
if you look in the news right now, Vanderbilt is playing NC State. Their entire team was vaccinated. Oh, really? They still got COVID. Oh, no shit. Yes. We don't know it all. No, vaccinations don't fucking. Well, science has never said it anyway. And there's mutations. So, like, and that's where I stand on it. And I do have a. Yeah, now we're talking about the fucking Delta strain, bro. Well, the thing with me is like. That's the fourth strain. I will get I will get a vaccine. The European version me for access. Like say if I want to travel, which I do. The and only reason why now, I did it. Exactly. If two years from now someone's like you can't go to here or here unless you're vaccinated, sure I'll do it. But if we're going to talk about like my son, which is a touchy subject, I do believe we're coming to a point where they're going to force vaccinations on children to go to school. That'll be the only time where I vaccinate them. At this point, I I totally. I, I hope I, you're wrong. No, but you could be right. No, no. But I'm I'm such a scientific skeptic. Do I believe in the science? Yes, but do I think Fuck. we rushed it because we had to? Yes, 100%. And I do not want my son to be a guinea pig. I hope that nothing ever happens. I hope nobody has any... Are they making students do it? Uh, no, not yet. Maybe some places. College students, not yes. Have you, not, have, not here. Not, have, not, 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 not college, but like Jackie's have, uh, public school program, it is not mandated at all. And I'm hoping it stays that way. I don't... I do not believe But how many other vaccinations does he get? To be completely honest with you guys, if we look That's at the way that... If Five if we look if we look at the way that fucking society is going, do you really think that they're going to be able or to like force vaccinations on people? Oh yeah, I mean Absolutely. people. Dude, there there are there are dude there are so many people bro. who will not get that fucking vaccination sure, until it means and that's why money. that's why the, listen, bro, they're they're offering cash incentives. To get this fucking vaccination. Right. My that speaks company? worlds for where yes. you are with this fucking vaccination. I get it. When you have to fucking offer cash to people, fucking you might win a million dollars if you get you. vaccinated. Get it's it. like, what the fuck are we doing here? Yeah, I get it. It's, it's the a fuck. Com- you know, but uh, to touch back on what you asked about Jack's vaccinations, and I am not an anti-vaxxer. I want to say that I am a scientific skeptic. Good I, it's crazy. It's I crazy agree. how we're I, making everyone anti-vaxxers, no, but isn't I, it? I do totally, <laughs> I totally believe in the science behind it. You know, we have eradicated diseases because of these things. Uh, but I actually do not make Jack get vaccinations unless they are absolutely required. He does not get the flu vaccine every year. And I will say, people can judge me on that. He has been sick one time in the last two years, and he had. What, a bad, what grade bad. is Jack in? He'll be he'll be in third the grade. Bad. How many vaccinations has he had? He had a lot. He had the mandatory when he was four, and it was the craziest. Like it's like one of those things. That yeah, they like, give you like five shots. What no, what no, is no, a mandatory? It was, it was eighteen, bro. They yeah, had they, they just they, when they you're a certain them, age, they look, just they, they just they fuck they you. They put him on a fucking like a, a like a cardboard board, and you all have to do it. Shoved it into his back. You have to do it. 100%. It's part of society. If you want to go, if you want to get that cell phone, for sure. agree to my terms. If you want to get it's a thing. internet, See, but a agree lot of, to my terms. If you want to be an Guys, American, no, I it's going to happen. A lot, of, a lot of those fucking vaccinations were like sorry, for really damaging but, things. No, it's a thing. A lot of those thing, a lot of those vaccinations though for are for like very damaging fucking diseases that we have had in the past that have long since been forgotten like mm-hmm. smallpox. That's right. that's a lot of the reason why we we do that shit. No, for sure. Well, also like before we wrap up, one thing about like all that stuff is like uh so one of the worst arguments I've dealt with as far as people who are anti-vaxxers is like the whole autism thing. There's there sure there's a correlation right there's people see here's the increase oh, in vaccinations connect, here's the increase in video. like autistic uh, I think you're diagnoses that. right but correlation doesn't always mean causation which is a very simple thing that people don't understand mm-hmm. right and basically what I would say as far as my argument with his which is I'm fairly ignorant in a lot of things especially when it comes to biology and vaccinations I have no idea but um, we didn't understand autism for a long time. 
So if we're just starting to understand it as a society and we're starting to be like, hey, this person is on the spectrum, there is a correlation between our increase in vaccinations, which is required. So it's easy to be like, well, here we have this autism spike. Here we have a vaccination spike. But does it absolutely mean that it's causing it? I think no. I really do I not think there are so. more people that have autism than you think. Oh, Everyone's on the spectrum. And look, Every single person's on the spectrum. I will tell you this. Facts. Like, when we talk about this is, people... This is actually something that I've had uh, talks with my cousin Rachel and shit like that. And uh, our cousin Jimmy is actually on... Fully like, autistic. Yeah, like, like he's, he's very yeah, much he's so. autistic. He is... To the point where he hinders his... Is, I don't know if it's Asperger's or Asperger's. My mom always fucking drills me on this one, but like... Apparently it's Asperger's, uh, it Asper- sounds weird. But. Yeah. I've always called well, it Asperger's, but... He, he, he's legitimately autistic like mm. like fully on the spectrum and like we were talking about this before man like he's been demonized in our family because like which is unfortunate they just it is it's very unfortunate but it's because like our family just doesn't understand yeah. what the fuck is going on which like, is a huge thing with a lot of people yeah. in our family no offense love you guys but like the open mindedness needs work um no, mm-hmm. but if we're going to, like, one thing I was talking to a, a friend about, she was talking about how scared she was to have a kid because her fear of, like, well, what, no matter, no matter what she does, if, she's, if she treats the pregnancy exactly like you're supposed to, there's still the chance, right, that it, you could, yeah. a child could come out and be on the spectrum. And I said, look, yes, that's a chance, but if we could just quickly reference Elon Musk, who is very clearly very clearly on the spectrum, and it, it probably yeah. did inhibit him at some yeah. point, but he learned how to Really, I mean, honestly, like he learned how to focus on the Bro, genius part of it, Jan- and has fuck. enhanced. I mean, he's one of the most influential people the, in the world. He the makes thing, a fucking tweet, and I believe crypto the, the shoots thing up about, and down. Like, it's crazy. The thing about fucking autistic people that people really do not understand is like they are very generalized into one topic. Right. Like Jimmy, Jimmy Joe, and our right. our our family, like he is very eccentric about Nintendo video games. Mm-hmm. And yes. that's like his awesome. niche. But my hey, mom, at least that's a good one. <laughs> my mom, my mom used to teach Sunday school, and she had an autistic student. And like this dude could rewrite code on a computer at eight right. years old. Awesome. Right, and it matters how you harness it. Literally, yeah. that is what it is. Like if you understand it and you're able to direct, because it like people do say it's a link more to like our genius side. Like it literally is tapping into. Mm-hmm. I can't remember which side it is, like left brain or right brain. But like there's this organizational part of you that if you use it, like uh, I, think photo, right, I think right side is more scientific and mathematics and left right. side so is more talking, reading and English. If we're uh, talking literature. right, like creative side, left side, right? Yeah. yeah okay. So I if we're talking right side, side, like this whole photographic memory of numbers, for example, can be such a huge boon to how you advance in society. Because then you see a formula that say someone like me who saw it and just it went out of my mind. Mm-hmm. You remember it. You know how to attack it. And then before you know it, you're looking at things that make no sense to people and it's nothing to you. And that really is. And you, then you think about how many people all over the planet who are, they don't have the access to greater school systems, greater education, who could be legitimate geniuses and could be solving problems in our community. All the time. Literally. That's the biggest, that's the biggest, single biggest fucking difficulty that we have in this world is we do not give credit to other peoples. Well, it's not even, it's not even credit. It's, it's the lack of uh, accessibility. And then we also have but, this general, but, like egotistical idea of, Americans and then white people in general. God damn it. That's yeah. so like 
we are the supreme and we, yeah. we fuck up our potential that, with that. And that's the thing about it. Fucking people from the United States really think that we're like these supreme beings that are so much more intelligent and so much more physically capable than right. everyone else in this world. But like if you branch out, there's 330 million people in the United States. There's 7 billion people in this world. When we're talking Close about like, right now. Well, yeah, right when now. we're talking about fractions, like we're very insignificant and we could do a lot better. And I think that in order to become a, an advanced civilization like we would talk about um, with like it, like aliens and stuff like that, like just, just talking about an advanced civilization, in order to do that, we have the ability to grow and learn off of each other. And we have so many people in this world that are willing to do that. We just need to give like uh, yeah, it's off. But we just need to give like seven-eighths of the population the ability to actually For sit sure. there and think creatively. It was something that I talked about on the last uh, last podcast. I don't know if you watched or anything. I haven't seen the latest. I haven't yeah. seen the latest too, I think. I was, I, was, um, I was talking about like universal income mm -hmm. and uh, how I think that it could be something that is ben beneficial because if we move towards like a more automized um, society where like robots are doing the more blue collar menial jobs and stuff like that then that opens up people to be more creative and scientific with their thinking mm -hmm. and that could advance us heavily in the future agreed yeah yeah but at the same time when we look at what's going on right now with the coronavirus where we're paying people $600 a month just fucking not work and shit like that then it kind of creates an issue so I, I agree with that yeah no, I, I do totally, and like, it's funny because, uh, so this other uh, uh, documentary I told you about, like, outside of A Blitz in the Matrix, you should watch Unacknowledged on Hulu, uh, and it's it's literally, like, one of the most comprehensive arguments for UFO visitation that I've ever seen, and, like, bro, like, when I tell you in my late teens and early 20s, I believed it 100%, I, I dug into all the videos, all the research, like, that. I spent most of my free time doing that, especially after I got kicked off the football team. Um, and then in my mid-20s to late-20s, when I started getting my degree, I became more of a scientific skeptic just because I erred more on the side of, like, I, I require evidence. I require not, evidence. That's yeah, exactly the way not, it is. Not, not, like, if I have an anecdotal personal experience, sure, mm -hmm. right? But still, I require something empirical that other people can view and decide on, right? But this right here has kind of flipped me back to the other side where, like, seriously, it's only 90 minutes. And it's so comprehensive and includes so much information and it's all these high-ranking like military officials who have no reason to lie. No, dude, Bro, we, it's we crazy. talked about it in the fucking in the episode that we did about aliens. You man. guys like, did a good fucking, job with it. it, it like, but hey, you need to watch this because like, like what what they do and the way they present it is something else. And then they also talk about like how we could potentially be heading towards a you know you're familiar with a false flag um, uh, event. Are you familiar with that term? Maybe. So it's like it's like if you imagine 9/11 as a staged or at least we understood what was happening hoax. That was a false flag event to get the American population to get on board with our war with the Middle East, so we could attack and take advantage of their oil. Right? Mm -hmm. That's a false flag event. Okay, yeah, no, exactly. invented to manipulate the populace. Right. So in this, they talk about how they expect a false flag event coming. Where kind of like Orson Welles did the whole radio thing oh, back in the well, yeah, but bigger than where are the worlds bigger, bigger than COVID yeah like literally an alien invasion 
as a reason to we all need to unite. We, dude, we've been we doing all it. need to unite. We've like, been doing it forever. Fucking when, when you look back at the fucking thing, like Project Blue Book is like a real real thing. Like, oh yeah, for sure. Like man. because of the fucking tensions that we had with Russia, the United States government had fucking agents who were legitimately trying to convince us that this shit was all fucking right, not UFOs because they didn't want people to get scared that it might be Russia or something right. like that. Yeah, it's a crazy thing, and like. One of the things, so like we didn't touch on this, and I know we're not rolling. Uh, one of the cool things we are about, rolling. Oh, we are still rolling. Oh, yeah, cool. I've been rolling so. Um, if you do watch a glitch in the matrix, and we're kind of jumping around here, hey, these dope segues that your house our rules has. Uh, I, we never have dope segues. Um, but one of the cool segues. things that they talk about is kind of like the origination of simulation theory, even before it had a name. So let's get so, let's get into it a little bit. We sure. can go for a so little bit more because we never actually talked about simulation. Let's let's talk. About, so like uh, Philip <laughs> Philip Dick was a writer in like the sixties and seventies. Yes, and he's the one who really furthered the idea and his experiences with uh, basically. He would have these experiences where he felt he was like in this. Like I, I'm gonna do a terrible job. Watch it, but like he was kind of like the originator of it, the simulation theory taking hold. But since people have ran with it, they've started referencing older, like uh, basically philosophical tenets that kind of have, um, they have like a like a simulation theory idea. So if you're familiar with Plato's. Um, what is it? Allegory of the cave. Okay. Allegory of the cave, which is one of my favorites, right? The whole idea behind that. We're talking that, about the Plato. The Plato. The Plato, right? Okay. So the whole idea it's behind. Plato. No, it's Plato. So like. No, it's Plato. Allegory of the cave, right? He talks about if you imagine three men chained up, imprisoned, right? And they're in a cave. All they can see is this backdrop of a wall, a cave wall. And everything they're presented in their reality is a shadow from say a fire or a source of light behind that, be it an actual fire or be it the cave opening, whatever. So if you imagine people actually literally like, I don't know, fucking even doing shatter puppets or figures, all they see for their reality is this shadow on the wall. So their idea of say like a horse is someone's impression of their hand, whatever. It's just like the whole thing is like they have no actual reality. They have nothing to base their reality on except for that. Well, one day, one of the imprisoned people gets away. He runs out of the cave and he's immediately blinded by the sun's light. He's never adjusted to it. So his first, his first impression is, I'm not ready for this, right? So he shuts his eyes and he takes a minute and he slowly starts to open them. And then he sees these beautiful flowers, all these colors he's never seen before. He sees the sun. He sees whatever, trees, dirt. And he's, it's, it's incomprehensible. He has nothing to frame it against. There is um, just this huge well, no, Jack, Jack, again, let me stop you right sure, here. Sure, We're okay. referencing someone two thousand five hundred years ago. Well, okay, tell me how this relates to today's society. I'll, I'll get there. Okay, actually, well, well, that's fucking, a that's a good Plato, question. Hang Plato on. had some very fucking advanced no he, this, fucking here's, views on like here's, our entire physical world. So right? let me let me. I can wrap that all up. Really, well, it's a good question. So look, so then the prisoner gets captured eventually, right? He gets captured and he's taken back to the cave. And he tries to explain to the fellow people that he's locked up with what he saw. Not only do they think he's crazy, but they don't believe him, right? So how this would wrap into our normal world is when you have people who have this very limited perspective, they've never been introduced or experienced things that would, uh, to put it as Jason Silva does, expand your cognitive Kansas to where the point that it blows your mind to the point where you can never look at reality like the same again. Um, When that happens... 
you just like it's uh, when you're talking to people who don't understand. Basically, if they have no way to compare it. You just sound crazy. It doesn't matter if you're talking in fact. Unfortunately, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. So that's how it does relate. It doesn't matter that it's 2,500 years ago. The whole point behind the uh, allegory of the cave is this idea of perception. And if you don't have an accurate perspective of the world, that or not even of the world, like because it's all subjective. But just the idea of when you're trying to present something to somebody who has no idea, you have to prepare for cognitive dissonance for their ego for any rebuttal that may be opinion based and not in fact at all but and wrapping it back to simulation theory is basically what they said is this is kind of our earliest example Jesus I'm sorry thought I turned it off it's our earliest example of somebody saying like well maybe we are in a simulation and we are only presented with information that somebody deems us ready for and every once in a while for example sleep paralysis lucid dreaming or tripping on LSD, psilocybin mushrooms, takes us out of our cognitive Kansas and we're able to see things that are actually there, but we have no perception of Okay, so with that being said, have you ever had an out-of-body experience? Uh, 100% I have, yes. I've had, can you hear me okay? So I've had out-of-body experiences with both, uh, both lucid dreaming and um, just experiences with hallucinations um i've had experiences where not only could i see myself in kind of more like as you would describe it like a physical realm like looking down on myself but also um if you're familiar with the term astral projecting i yeah. definitely had an experience where i felt limitless and it was literally the most terrifying feeling i ever felt and if i could explain basically what it was is i realized in a dream state that i was in a dream and I took advantage of it and I thought, how cool would it be to fly? And I started to fly and I was looking down at the earth below me. And uh, basically the whole idea that I have, like, even though I thought I had control, it was very new to me. And I thought to myself, well, what if some of this on some degree is real? What if I could fall and die? What if in my mind I die and then I don't ever wake up? And that fear of that was so real visceral and terrifying that I woke up out of the dream yeah was, yeah. yeah and that's usually the way that I feel when I have like the I've never really had one of those flying dreams and it's one of those 50-50 things where some people who have had um, the, like flying dreams they either find it to be like a very profound thing or like a very destructive thing because sure. of that reason uh, like you look down and you realize that you're flying and you're in this dream state and you're like, holy shit, I shouldn't be fucking doing shouldn't this. What happens if this I just stop flying? Like, what happens if I stop flying? Yeah, that can be a fucking very scary thing and that's why like, I, I have a respect towards people who can fucking get into a state of lucid dreaming where they can just do whatever they want to and fucking be, to be happy practice. in doing it. Because I've tried to do lucid dreaming before to be completely honest with you. I've, I guess I've gotten close to it, but like at the same time, I have trouble keeping still for that amount of time. I agree. And it's also like, I do believe that some people who are able to tap into it more have never considered possible consequences. Cause like I said earlier, like the thing to me is like, if, if some of this is real on some level, even if it's outside of our general three dimensional understanding, what do you mean if some of this is real? so like, okay, say for example, like the, the shadowy figures we see are real in some dimension, like they're extra dimensional. You're talking about those things yeah, or yeah, you're or, talking about actual existence, like our day to day. Well, life. do they like, and that's, that's where I come to is like, uh, when I've, when I've done my deep diving into not only the research of it that's there, but also my own thought, it's like, 
if there is, because it's, it's so consistent in humanity that they're either, either it's built into our fight or flight basic lizard brain responses, or it actually does have um, some semblance of reality, right? Mm-hmm. And that fear generally did, it, ter- it turned me off from experimentation with myself because I was literally, I remember thinking like, I'm afraid, what if I go too far and I come back and I, like, I'm literally insane. Like, you know, like yeah. I can't look at reality. Like I literally had that thought. It was like, I can't be a dad. I can't be a functioning human being because I've seen things that people understand and I'm going to sound crazy. I remember having that thought and that's when I stopped like trying to explore that side of myself. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if I've had the same thing through that specific perspective, but I understand the, the, the thought of being like, am I insane? Because right. like sometimes you just, I know me and you are a lot like this and like it, it the, the older, older and get the more and more I like understand that like people may not have the same like thought processes that like we do. Sure. And like, dude, sometimes I do some things and like a day later I think about it and I'm like, did I really fucking do that? Like, was that a real fucking thing? Like, did, was I seriously that fucking stupid? This happened two fucking days ago. Dude. That's reflection and growth though. And that's something that a lot of people don't have, which it is, is sad. It is, but is like at the and same you be time, proud of yourself at that, the same time, at the same time, like I continue to make the same mistakes over and over. Well, and that's the same, like, okay, so going, we haven't talked about this in the podcast, but I was saying earlier about your higher self versus your lower self. It's easy to give in your lower self. That's your base emotions, right? That's your very, uh, animalistic side that will uh, we we all form habits right life like things through life that we form right giving in your lower self is just it's justifying your bullshit we actually did touch on that it's like oh hey today I'll just sit around and play games or hey I'll skip the gym or hey I'll eat like shit See? and it's just habitual your higher self your higher self is the ability to be like you know what I recognize my baser instincts I'm not gonna do that I refuse to do that See, and that takes here, work here's my thing though. I don't think that I think in the lower fucking self. I think I think in the higher self, but continue to still do the same thing because fuck you, honestly. That that's that's well, you that's may what it comes down to. You may have a perspective that I don't have on that, and it could be that you are like experiencing some kind of like almost like a teenage refusal to con- refusal to conform Dude. angst or pettiness. But like also, you may think that you never embrace your lower self, but everybody does. Even like the like the most powerful monks and gurus in the world do embrace. Yeah, and, and it's, it's like one it's of those things it. where like you're not there yet. Yeah, I, remind and, yourself of that, uh, of course. And I yeah. try to remind my remind myself of that all the time. But at the same time, like <sighs> it's a whole thing, man. I, it's I just tough. don't. I, I just don't know. I think that I like. I really do believe that I have a higher understanding of myself personally than most people really do and I know that's like it comes off as a cocky thing to say but like I really do understand how I present myself to other people and I really do understand how that's an incredibly fucking abrasive and like people off-putting thing Mm -hmm. like I, I understand that man I say some fucking crazy shit but at the same time like I just convince myself that like I'm telling people the realest thing or what is real to me. Sure. So therefore, I think that it's okay to say it. And it's been the thing that I am trying to deal with a little bit more. I'm trying to just like voice my opinion less because I know that like when I voice my opinion, it, 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 it can get me in trouble. Right. Well, like I said earlier, what you need to focus on is your delivery. Your content is not bad. It's the fact that you deliver it in almost a, uh, you, we've talked, just a hateful way. 
you need to deliver it like there is like okay so imagine yourself as a teacher right yeah so that's what i try to do like imagine yourself you have to have this patience as a teacher you can't just go in and if the person who's like say sharing their first person story uh you can't just go in and crush them and be like your story sucks you you say hey i didn't enjoy your story here's how it could have been better here's how you like that's what you need to work on you may yeah. think like like that does take a uh, a certain degree of thoughtfulness but if you can't do that, then you can never teach anybody anything. See, and I, I do have that thoughtfulness to the point where, like, I recognize that I am doing it. But at the same time, like, I have such a higher standard for things that, like, same. I really I really believe that, like, the advice that I am giving to you is going to be beneficial to you. I agree. Like, whether or not you take that advice is one thing but i really believe that fucking the shit that i am saying to you is fucking something that is that you should listen to sure and like it's hard to fucking it's hard to back that up because like i don't take my own goddamn advice i get that i fucking i fucking don't i do i I always i tell people all the time like don't do the shit that i do the shit that i do is fucked up don't fucking do it so yet what you are literally saying though is that your understanding of the fact that the way you give advice is not proper but i still do it anyway you need to learn literally like what i said earlier it takes an understanding and a way it's salesmanship it's literally salesmanship a way to disarm yourself so you're not grandstanding cocky or coming off just like pedantic in general just like the whole thing is just like you need to Find a way to get through to a person that disarms their ego and sets aside their boundaries. So but maybe the information may affect them. But see, I have different levels to the people that I talk to. Sure, of course. But that also takes, if you're talking wisdom, it takes wisdom and perspective to know. Okay, so like something I say about myself is I could talk to a crackhead on the streets as well as I can go talk with President Obama. Fair I enough, really, fair I enough. really could. It doesn't, I, I can relate to people, you know. It does take time. I wasn't always like this, but you could be that. You know, just like Dalton's really great at it too, the way he talks to people. Every you country are. I go to. Yeah, you're incredible. It's like I it. pick up this fucking lingo that I don't even know exists. Right. And but it's relatability. It's the it's like seriously, it's the ability to see another person and like kind of have a reflection of how you see yourself in them. Like, I see the same mistakes I make. I can relate to them, they're human. How can I get them to see something in a different perspective? But then also what that does grant you, and this is really important, especially in my life is it grants you the open-mindedness to be like, whoa, what am I missing by talking all the time? And I remind myself to shut my mouth and listen. Yeah, and that's and something then you that learn I've been a doing. fucking lesson. That's something that I've been doing a lot more recently. And Good it, for you. It, it, it's helpful. It's a huge but, thing. You want to talk about what, fucking personal growth. It takes listening. Even if you disagree completely, it's you should always... It's like a mental gymnastics it's, it's, it's like human nature sorry to cut you off but it's human nature to try to like one up people yeah, and like is. dude at the end of the day Toxic. nobody gives a fuck about what you have going on right sit back and listen because I promise you it just as bad as you think you have it people have it way worse for sure and bro sometimes people just need someone to listen to mm-hmm. yeah that's true what are we at now, time-wise? I'm sorry. I'm curious. We're at about an hour and 25. Buck and a half. May, may I share something with you guys? Of course. So I want to talk a little bit about Wubs by the Waterfall. For anyone Please promote for us. Okay. No, for sure. It so, is. T- what is today? The so, 26th? Yeah. We are 20 June days out. June 26th. Okay, guys. A big event is coming out. Mm-hmm. And Jack, I've known him my whole life. Very proud of him. Tell me about what you got going on. So 20 days from now, July 16th to the 18th, we have Wubs by the Waterfall. 
It is the biggest event Heyman Entertainment has ever thrown. It is absolutely going to be beautiful. We have pulled out all the stops as far as accommodations for people, what their ticket prices are going through. Not only is the production going to be next level, but we Guys, have a if legitimate... if you don't know where Cookville, Tennessee is, this venue, ask. beautiful. We have literally a full-fledged waterfall three minutes from the venue. It is part of your ticket price to be shuttled there. Hour Enjoy from Nashville. An hour from Nashville whole thing and it's going to be incredible i would uh, definitely appreciate the support uh reach out so to jack hey jr so right now we actually just entered tier three which before fees is about 125 dollars for a three-day event for a camping event um if you're into electronic music three nights definitely. 125 dollars are you fucking kidding me i'm saying brother good for you but we're coming up on that and before whatever keith how, how he likes to uh wrap up things i would like to share something real quick outside of that so we were just talking about uh Plato's Allegory of the Cave. Uh, something I wrote last year, if you guys are familiar with, I'm a huge, uh, huge fan of space science. So the Perseverance launch that went to Mars and deployed our latest, um, our latest, uh, well, I'm blanking on it, but our rover there. Yeah. So, uh, we deployed a drone, didn't we? Yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a drone that comes off. It's incredibly advanced and it's just going to, I love it. But when Perseverance launched, I remember having like, being really struck with this like inspiration and I wrote something I'd like to share with you guys um, and it has a relation to Plato's Allegory of the Cave but basically it's about perspective so it's titled Perseverance and it goes imagine being on that rocket ship what a wild feeling to watch the world you thought you knew become a fractal as you blast toward the void the people turn to incomprehensible colors so quickly that it must seem like still art the cities that fill our realities become beacons of light as our perception of the world shatters. We learn instantly of our significant insignificance. Everyone we've ever known are down there as we drift toward the objective in the name of exploration. The human condition requires such adventure and our infinite godlike potential enables some semblance of safe travel. As we sit destined to arrive on a giant ball of red dust six months from now, we begin to realize how silly all the little things that bother us are. Yet we are human. Our connections to one another and our planet are seemingly unbreakable. We feel the growing distance in millions of miles from those we love, but we love them no less. But imagine being the space person, setting off knowing he or she may never come home. Then imagine coming home and sharing your perspective with the world. How quickly our world's problems would start to end if we held ourselves to a higher standard of love, unconditional love for one another, no matter the color, culture, or class. The spaceman sees nothing but the bright blue, green, white, and brown that makes up our oblate spheroid. If only we all had that perspective. Thank you. All right. Beautiful shit, Jack. That, that was nice. That was nice, bro. Thank you. That was nice. I really appreciate you coming on and Dalton as well. I think Dalton went to the bathroom, but it is what it is. A lot of fun. Thank so you. a little bit. Uh, there he is. Say goodbye to everyone, Dalton. Guys, thank you so much for the celebrity appearance. I will be back soon. Thank you for your ears. I know we kind of dragged it out, but hey, I'm glad to be here. Uh, thank you for listening. You guys are beautiful. Love you. Thank everyone for tuning in who did this. I think this was an interesting episode. We're going to see a little bit more what happens tomorrow. Uh, Please. With this episode. But I thought we had some very interesting conversations. We've had some very interesting conversations all night. I hope you guys enjoyed. Yes, thank you so much. I think it's a good job, guys. Good night.